Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Billboard.com Pop Shop Podcast. I'm Keith Caulfield, Senior Director of Charts at Billboard. And I'm Katie Atkinson, Billboard's Deputy Editor Digital. Hello, Katie. Oh, hey, Keith. How's it going? It's going great because you know what? It's time to roll into yet another awards show. You know, is it already that time? <laughs> it's already that time. It's uh, This month is just full of such big events. We've got, what, the Super Bowl was this month? Yeah. We like, barely even like talked about the Super Bowl because it was like we were already in Grammy mode. It's it's nuts. And now we're in Oscar mode. Yes. The Academy Awards are this Sunday. Correct. Oh, good lordy. Well, <laughs> we'll get to that in a second because as always, the Billboard Pop Shop podcast is your one-stop shop for all things pop on Billboard's weekly charts. In addition... You can always count on a lively discussion about the latest pop news, fun chart stats and stories, new music, and guest interviews with music stars and folks from the world of pop. Today on the show, we're talking all about the upcoming Academy Awards. We'll discuss who we think should and will win in the two music categories on the show, what we're looking forward to from the best song performances, and more. Plus, we've got an interview with singer-songwriter Dean Lewis. He stopped by recently to chat about his breakthrough success with the single Be Alright, his upcoming album, his new tour that just launched, and more. So stick around for that in just a bit. But first, before we get started, if you enjoy the podcast, subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast provider so you won't miss an episode. And if you want to explore more podcasts from Billboard, visit billboard.com slash podcasts. And now it's time to talk about the Oscars. So the 91st Oscars will be held at the Dolby Theater at Hollywood and Highland Center in Hollywood, just down the street from where Katie and I are at, and will be televised live on the ABC television network in America at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific. Tune in. Who's going to miss that? If you listen to Pop Shop, you're watching the Oscars. Come on. Uh, So what are some key things that uh, we're looking forward to, Keith, at the show? Um, Okay, so definitely how there isn't a host this (laughs) year. Right, no host. Um, After that whole Kevin Hart dust-up, um, I'm looking forward to seeing how that will impact the show or if it will even impact the show at all. Maybe it won't. Maybe it's not that big of a deal to have a host. It remains to be seen. Maybe, uh, maybe Billy Crystal will show up. Yeah, who knows? But in the meantime, let's talk about the two music categories. What are those two awards, Keith? Um, well, l- the first one of the two will be Best Original Score. Um, and then the second one is Best Original Song. Okay, let's start with Best Original Score. The nominees are Black Panther, Ludwig Goranson. Uh, Terrence Blanchard's Black Klansman, Nicholas Bertel's If Beale Street Could Talk, Alexandra Desplat, Isle of Dogs, and Mark Shaman's Mary Poppins Returns. So we want to break it down into who should and who will win. Let's start with Keith. Okay, well, I mean, I thought the music in Black Panther was pretty awesome. Like, it was really cool, um, and it really added a lot to the movie, and it was you had to sort of have this sort of African-inspired score for a country that doesn't actually exist. Mm. Um, so I thought that was really cool. But mm-hmm. at the same time, like this category, I'm not like a super expert in. Right. Um, I don't think either of us would claim to be. Yeah, I mean. So I, let's turn to who is an expert. Yeah, Scott Feinberg, who is uh, the awards analyst over at our sister publication, The Hollywood Reporter, um, actually thinks that Terrence Blanchard will win for Black Klansmen. Um, do I know why Scott thinks this? Mm-hmm. No. But what he does is he actually looks at a lot of the kind of the, the, the 
he looks at he reads the tea leaves mm-hmm. um, from uh, other guild awards. Right. And There's a lot of awards awards ceremonies that have been happening over these last few months that aren't just the ones that are on your TV. Right. A lot of like specialist experts voting in these categories. Music guilds, music supervisor type stuff. Exactly. And also just how certain films have been received for their music. Now, Black Panther um, won at the Grammys this past weekend and Ludwig Göransson specifically. So, so, you know, you already got a Grammy. Mm, yeah, yeah, you're good, Ludwig. You don't need an Oscar. <laughs> uh, so we move on to Best Original Song. Well, did you have any thoughts on this category? Oh, I literally just, you're in like, my I mind. I literally don't. In my mind, I think of the frontrunner as being Black Panther. Oh. But then to hear Scott Feinberg, who literally is the person who decides who these frontrunners are, say that it's Terrence Blanchard, I believe that. So Well, let's move on to Best Original Song then. Uh, the nominees are All the Stars from Black Panther, uh, I'll Fight from RBG, The Place Where Lost Things Go from Mary Poppins Returns, Shallow from A Star is Born, and When a Cowboy Trades His Spurs for Wings from The Ballad of Buster Scruggs. So uh, who do we think should and will win? I think we are intimately more familiar yes. with this, these songs in this category than we I'll, were in Buster I'll straight up say it. I am an expert in this category. <laughs> Really? You've seen all five films? I've not seen all five films. Um, but I think I, I feel better about... I've heard all five songs, so I can say that much. Um, it seems to me that uh, Shallow's really rolling through this award season uh, with a lot of love. Obviously, won at the Golden Globes. Just won a Grammy. Just won a Grammy as well. Um, and in my mind, should and will win. Like, period, end of story. Isn't the... I mean, isn't it like a chunk of the movie's story hinging around Shallow's creation yes, in the we, film? We have talked about this before, about the importance of, of how a song is used, maybe like factoring into voters' um, decisions, how a song is used in the film. There could be no song that is more intimately woven into a film and its narrative than Shallow. Yeah, compared to... I mean, do you mean like in the universe or do you mean within the <laughs> context year. of this okay <laughs> now i have not seen the ballad of buster scruggs so i don't know where the song when a cowboy trades his spurs for wings is used in the film yeah so maybe that is intimately i'm just saying shallow could not possibly be more of like, a front runner yes right um well all the stars is also a big hit um but it's an in credit song so Which it rolls over trickier. the in the credits of the film the same way i'll fight from rbg, RBG um, it runs over the end credits. Oscar winner Jay Hud singing that one. Of a documentary. But as we've seen in the past, just because you are the end credits song to a documentary film does not mean that you can't win because Melissa Etheridge won Best Original Song for I Need to Wake Up from An Inconvenient Truth, the documentary that Al Gore did, and it was an end credit song mm-hmm. too. Though different kind of end credit though because it was more like it was a continuation of the facts that you learned in the movie mm, rolled yeah, over the end credits. Yeah. So it kept you in your seat as you read more stuff. That's interesting. And you know, Keith mentioned when we were talking about previous um, Best Original Song nominees in years past that just a few years ago there was only two songs nominated and now it feels like especially like all the stars in shallow those are two massive hit songs right. that are also critically acclaimed and it's it's an interesting category to see these five songs all deserving obviously in their own way and obviously enough to get them nominated in the first place but shallow just feels like a runaway with this so we could see uh, lady gaga get an academy award i hope so can you imagine don't don't forget mark ronson pop shop guest mark ronson yes oh and pop shop guest gaga who am i kidding yeah, friend of the podcast, Lady Gaga. <laughs> but will she be up there for Best Actress, Keith? You know, it seems like right now um, Glenn Close is the front runner yeah. there. Um, Glenn Close, I think this is her, I believe it's her seventh nomination. Mm. I say that. Yeah. <laughs> She's never won. Right. 
This is Gaga's first nomination yeah. for actress. Yeah. She's been nominated previously for best original song in total. Gaga now has three nominations, but Glenn Close has never won. She lost for Fatal Attraction. She lost for uh, uh, Dangerous Liaisons. She lost for any number of other films. Um, and I think a lot of people feel like this is kind of a career achievement Oscar combined with also it was like a great performance. Right, with, with this being an insane performance. It, it's not just like, oh. Even Gaga gets this one. She understands. I like think, she, yeah. I think, I, I mean, it's, you know, and also if you look at, you know, maybe the history of kind of, if you, the history of people that were established kind of pop or rock stars who then went on to have a film career and then get nominated for kind of like their first big movie. Diana Ross did the same thing with Lady Sings the Blues. She was nominated. She did not win. And I think that year she lost, I f- she may have lost to Liza Minnelli mm. um, for Cabaret, mm. I think. Don't quote me on this, people. But then isn't there Cher? Cher, not her first film. But was it her first nomination? It was no. It was her second oh, nomination. Oh, I didn't know that. Um, she was nominated. So she was nominated for Silkwood for Best Supporting Actress. Look at. By the way, Keith has no notes in front of him. This is just out of the brain of Keith Caulfield. She was she was nominated for Best Supporting Actress for Silkwood, and then she got nominated for Lead Actress for Moonstruck. Well, that you know is undeniable. Yes. And um, in fact, the year that she won for Moonstruck, she beat her former co-star Meryl Streep from. Silkwood. Oh, man. But Meryl Streep was nominated for some other movie, like Ironweed or something. I don't remember. <laughs> like, it certainly you wasn't. You can only take the brain so far. <laughs> I know. I'm having a hard time remembering. But yeah, then there's Cher. Yeah. Um, I, yeah. But I, I feel, yeah, I, I, I think I agree with you. I think Shallow is probably the song to beat in this category. Yeah. But, you know, don't, you know, don't underestimate sort of the animated Disney Mary Poppins contingent. True. Um. So I don't know. While we're thinking of this, all five of these songs will actually be performed on the Oscars. Yes. Um, what are we looking forward to from the performances? I mean, duh. Gaga and Bradley Cooper performing this for the duh. first time on Allie TV. Allie and Jackson Maine are they together. Be, are they going to be performing stage. in character? I doubt it. I mean, I almost feel like they might. If they would, in any, I, this might be the last time we see Bradley Cooper sing this song. Honestly. Like, he is not a musician by trade. He took this up for this character, and this is kind of like tying a bow on this whole experience. Uh, what, you're not going to get the Bradley Cooper album? I just think I think the only reason Bradley Cooper came out with Gaga in Vegas was to get himself, like, get the nerve, shake off the nerves mm. for this performance on the Oscars. I honestly think, like, this could be a literal once-in-a-lifetime thing. And hopefully, unlike the Vegas performance, I'm hoping Gaga's not hiding behind a piano on this one. Like, I want them... At the mic together, side by side interacting. With the yeah, so yeah. that's for me. That's once again. Obviously, I'm a biggest Star Is Born fan. Is this? That's the end you all be say. all for me. Um, I'm looking forward to obviously shallow. I'm looking forward to seeing Kendrick Lamar and I assume SZA. I, I it it has been confirmed that all five of the nominees for best song are being performed. I don't know. By the time you hear this, maybe they'll have announced Kendrick and SZA doing the like song officially, together officially. Yeah. Um, I don't think all the stars has been performed live I don't well I can say for sure not on television I do know that like you know TDE tours is like a big old group that's their label and so to say like it's never happened I don't don't know know. about that like it might have happened on a stage but it's not happened on a TV performance I think that'll be super exciting to see and you know you know who knows maybe it could be one of those things like do you open the show with that like, you know, without a host, do you open the show with a Kind big... of like they opened with Justin Timberlake's Can't Stop the Feeling a few years ago. Yeah. Like, you know. 
or do you do you do you hold those performances back and use them to milk the ratings to keep people tuned in for the next three hours it remains to be seen i think you do whatever kendrick says is okay so any other thoughts on oscars or what we're looking forward to or are we are we no, all I, th- I think that we we hit the big bases there okay so now it's time for our interview with dean lewis he came by the pop shop to chat about his breakthrough hit single be all right at least his breakthrough hit single in america um his upcoming album how he got his start singing and playing guitar and more lewis is on his debut north american headlining tour which just launched last week and continues for the next month or so in the u.s it's a super fun chat so take a listen to our interview with dean lewis i know you love her but it's over mate. it doesn't matter to the Welcome to the Billboard Pop Shop Podcast. Dean Lewis, how are you? Hello, I'm great. Thanks for having me. Uh, thanks for being here. We just um, realized we needed to start recording because yeah. we were already having a great conversation that we you missed guys all the missed. Magic. All the magic. <laughs> all the good stuff is gone. Yeah. <laughs> the rest of this is just going to be crap. <laughs> um, well, your single, Be Alright, is huge right now. It's all over our airplay charts and it hit the top 40 of the Billboard Hot 100. Uh, what's it been like to see this song resonate with fans, especially here in America? Yeah. Um, well, you kind of grow up hearing that this can never happen from Australia. Like America is this sort of uh, is impenetrable, the right word. Like it's like there's mm-hmm. only a few artists. That Unless you're like Kylie, ACDC or Savage Garden. There's like five <laughs> artists. Minute, minute so work. Yeah, me, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sia. And five sauce, you know, but that's, it's yeah. very, it's very, very difficult actually to do anything outside of Australia because we're so far away. Like right. usually the aim is like Europe. Like, and you know, it's incredible to get anything started there, but in America, it's like, it doesn't happen. Um, so it's, it's blown all our minds, uh, that this is, it's starting to connect over here and it's in working the charts. It's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, you know, the song ultimately has like a really sort of uplifting message. Yeah. Um, you know, everything will be all right. Um, but it's still a sad song. Yes. <laughs> um, yes. is it emotional to sing a song like that? all the time you know for yeah. people when you know like the song is inherently like a very melancholy, melancholy. song yeah I'm, I'm, it's really interesting you said that not many people have like picked it up that it is quite hopeful because yeah. it just sounds like a sad song but it is hopeful yeah um so it's cool um i guess i guess yeah it sort of does when you're playing it to people um i sort of go back there a little bit and it, they sort of when you're playing in front of a crowd it like sets the mood to do mm-hmm. that you know what i mean it's like someone lighting candles and then all of a sudden it feels special do you know what i mean so shows always feel special and it definitely does take you back there take me back there but it, i think it's weird because that that's written about things that kind of happened like five six years ago so i think whenever you're singing you sort of if you're singing about something usually for me i'm over it i'm over right. that situation so it definitely does take you back to that feeling though which is cool it, but yeah. not quite as raw not quite as raw because yeah. that that it takes you back to the emotion, not the situation right. kind of thing. Right. I was going to I was gonna follow up. I, when you said that, it made me think of like, you know, Mick Jagger singing Satisfaction now, you know, for the millionth time <laughs> after he wrote it in like, what, 63 or something. Yep. And you at, at some point, maybe you just get so, you're not disconnected so much from the original moment you wrote it, but you're, it's just like a different thing. It's a more performative yes. moment as opposed to... Let me relive whatever thing I did, you know, yeah, whenever yeah, yeah, it's like, yeah. is, are you at that point where you're sort of like, you, are you asking him if he's over it? No, yeah. no, I didn't mean it like that. I meant yeah. more like, you know, I, I mean, when people sing like a sad song, it's like, I think me, us as the audience sometimes thinks, oh, are they really thinking about mm. that sad moment again? I'm like, God, if they were, they would be really depressed all the time. <laughs> all the time. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it's yeah. kind of like that, right? I guess you can sort of, um, 
yeah, you, you you want you want to feel it and you do a little bit, but it's not like uh, it's not gut wrenchingly painful. I think you wouldn't be able to survive like that. So I guess yeah. you do sort of you do sort of not dissociate because you do definitely feel it, but you definitely like my main thing is like when I'm singing the song when I was recording it, like I'm like really trying to get the emotion right. I think that's the main thing. But mm-hmm. you're always sort of replicating, I guess. You're sort of replicating the feeling um, yeah. after it. Uh, that's an interesting question, though. It's uh, hopefully I answered it okay. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It'll <laughs> be about, all right. You do. I, <laughs> <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Um, I feel like because it's such a personal song, I'm guessing fans are really relating to it. And yeah. are they even like sharing their stories with you of, of how yeah. they're relating to the song? Yeah. Yeah. I, I've got a lot of people like message about what the song's done for them. And and the weird thing is when when I write a song, it's quite a selfish thing. Like it's not like I'm ever writing it going. What well, I'm going to make these people feel something. Mm. Like it right. always comes from something that's real to me. The secondary thing that you get from that is the people, the people that feel something, which is sort of the purpose of it, you, you know, in a way. Um, but I have had a lot of people messaging me saying that they've related to the song, and you know, a lot of I guess girls, but also weirdly, uh, not weirdly, but strangely, from in my situation, there's a lot of a lot of guys have actually because you know it's talking about from my perspective. So mm-hmm. I think a lot of guys related to it, which has been uh, really interesting too. Well, I mean, it, I'm I would assume I mean there's the there's the the first there's a part of the song where it's basically the performer the song the per, the singer talking about the yes. relationship and then the next part is like it'll be all right mate yes so it's like narration I, you, you assume it's like two guys sort of like yeah like it's like your Over bestie a beer. like just yeah. literally yeah just is it dude it'll be all right yeah yeah and so that's, then maybe that's why guys are kind of resonating yeah with it, I, I think absolutely and like in in the chorus it's like uh i've done another couple of songs where i sing like and my friend said or and she said and in be all right it's and my friend said so the verses are kind of like if you looked at it from just straight it's me singing it and mm-hmm. then in the chorus it's like and my friend who was my older brother at the time said the advice and then it goes back into mine your so, brother who's in the room with us he's my younger brother unfortunately <laughs> the younger brother. No, oh. yeah yeah, he's in the room he wanted Sorry. me to i should have said sean he would have <laughs> loved it um he unfortunately isn't the inspiration he's more the guy who would go i'll show him a song and he'll go no nah, it's not your best stuff you know what i mean <laughs> you he's the guy too. you need you it you need, need it i know i'm like you don't know what you're talking about and then, and then five days later i'm like it's terrible. See, it's as terrible. The, He's right. As the song gets bigger, you need someone who's going to give you that honest truth and exactly. tell you tell you what's up. Yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely. Um, you signed your first publishing deal back in 2015. Yes. Um, since then, how do you how do you think that you've grown as a songwriter? Oh, in those years. Yeah, I, I didn't know who I was. Like I've always been, um, you know, song ideas have always come down quite easily. Like, but it was, I guess. I realized, and this is like this for me, I call it like my second phase of songwriting was like when I, the first thing is, the first phase is when you learn to take down ideas and just, yeah, that's the song. The second one for me, which might sound really obvious, which took me a few years was like, oh, you can actually take this melody and idea and craft it into any message that you really want. Mm. Um, and that was definitely, that's something that I've really, I think improved, improved it, um, improved on. Um so yeah, and but that was yeah my first publishing deal, which actually just just came up a couple of months ago, mm. which is cool. But I've definitely changed a lot as a songwriter. I think I know who I am, especially um, I know what it, when a song sounds like like me. Like a, yeah, yeah. What was the first song that you remember writing that you felt like it was actually a song? Yeah, it was a song that apparently my brother says that we wrote together, but it was one that was like apparently, apparently, yeah. But it's never <laughs> is gone. This, it was, is this the brother in the room or the? There was a brother in the room. Okay, yeah, this is the brother. In the room. And the and the song went. Uh, I wish that one day I could see the people across the ocean. I don't know what it was like. It was very much. So that's the, the idea of whatever comes down. That's the song, mm. right. you know. And I remember running in and showing mum, and mum was like, "That's that's a really nice song." You know what I mean? But it was. 
actually not terrible. Like it's terrible now, <laughs> but at the time it was. It's not terrible. It was, it was okay. It sounded like that. <laughs> and, it. and I was playing on a guitar, and it it sounded like there was something there. You know what I mean? Mm. But um, yeah, definitely didn't have aspirations for this, but it was just fun to do. How old were you? Oh God, I mean, when I wrote my first Four. one. <laughs> no, no. I mean, that, when I started, I started quite late. I was probably like. I was probably like 19 or something like that when I wow, 18, really? 19 yeah when I started I started super super late were you were you already like sort of singing and then you thought oh maybe I should start writing these songs I, too I, it's all a bit of a blur but I remember like watching um oh sorry whoops um <laughs> it's, it's mum calling yeah it's my yeah yeah she's like don't talk about this my favorite song um yeah it was I think it was like I was I watched uh, these Oasis documentaries my dad played us this uh like li- Oasis live I in 2005 I thought you were, were going to say my dad was an Oasis right. no <laughs> he would claim that he'd love that but he played us this uh this live thing and then I started like that was like the first song that I'd written but I was kind of obsessed with it before mm. that point. Do you know what I mean? Like mm. I was like, just I would just watch them playing, but I didn't know I wanted to do it exactly. So it was kind of this weird process of me just enjoying watching music, not actually being like, I'm the guy who's going to do this, to just slowly picking up a guitar, writing songs, and uh, yeah. But that's kind of how it happened to wow. me. It wasn't like it wasn't like I was like a you know 13 year old like those guys. I don't know how they do it at that age. Like, how do you know what you want? Being that young, we I'd, talked I'd to no so idea. many people who say, "Oh, I wrote my first song when I was seven Or like Casey yeah. Musgraves said that in an interview I heard the other day, just like, "Oh, I wrote my first song when I was nine I was like, like wow. "Wow, that's ridiculous." It's I mean, very. It's, it must be innate, I guess. Yeah, oh, I definitely don't have don't have the innate. <laughs> I definitely learned it. So. We, I mean, I had this question pinned in for later, but since you mentioned the guitar, so if you didn't really think about writing songs or sort of like singing until you're like 19, were you, did you learn instruments before then? Yeah, yeah. My dad had got us, my dad always had music playing and he had guitars around. We loved like, we had, we loved the Beatles and, you know, we'd all have like, all our brothers would have like, our, we'd be like, I'd be George and you'd be John. And we, so we always had music growing up and he got us lessons at like 11, but it wasn't like, it was like lessons where he'd be like, you and your older brother are going to get lessons. And I was like, I don't want, I don't want to get, but you know, it's one of those things you like, you're, you're doing it. Like and you going learn. to sports practice or yeah, something. Ex- yeah, Not exactly. Like, yeah. So we, we got lessons and mm-hmm. I learned the basics. And uh, and I guess that's good. I think you need to be sort of, to learn, to be decent at guitar. Like from my experience, you should, the best players usually start at a, at a younger age. It's something then you learn the, mm. it's less jolty or jarring. Like my older brother picked up guitar. So we have a family a lot, but my older brother picked up the guitar quite like in his tw- when he was 25. And it's hard to get that natural mm. kind of, you know what I mean? Smooth mm-hmm. thing. So we had lessons and stuff like that, but it wasn't until like I was 18 when I was like, I want a guitar. Like I want to do this for me. Mm. And uh, that's when I started kind of sort of just, I enjoyed it, but it was the, 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 the wheels were spinning. And you played piano. You took piano lessons too. No, no. So I play, uh, like, lo- no, no, I just knew I was a, <laughs> no, no. Well, you know, it's actually, it sounds, this sounds really cool, but it's actually really simple to do. <laughs> like once I learned the basic chords on guitar, like I just Googled, I was just writing songs on guitar for ages. Then I Googled like how to do a G on a keyboard mm-hmm. and and then how to do an F. That like seems backward from how people typically learn music. Usually you yeah. learn to read it from piano or singing, but you yeah. kind of did it like chord and then to... Yeah, guitar, chords, what's the basic. And then I do this weird thing where when I play live, I like um, I transpose the keyboard. Mm. So it's kind of like um, I kind of like it's like putting a capo on the on the guitar. It's like the same thing with, the, with keys. So mm-hmm. I, I have this thing that I... I've always felt because when I started writing songs for other artists early on, I realized that the people that were really, and this is not a general statement because there's people who are, that know music theory that are incredible, but generally I, they were, 
they they were so locked into the theory of it they couldn't think freely mm-hmm. and um so ever since then i've just been really focused on i don't want to know too much about i know i you know i write my own stuff and i do all that but i don't want to um i like keeping it really simple and i don't want to clog my mind with any music theory i just this feels right mm-hmm. or if i've learned it from covering a song you know what i mean like sometimes you'll hear they're a great song and i'll go and i'll look at it and learn the chords and be like oh okay so i've kind of learned my my songwriting and stuff like that from keeping it simple and looking at uh learning from people who perform me who've done what i think great stuff wow yeah. that's really interesting it's super interesting yeah. Yeah. um okay so i think there was a full album coming sometime yes, very soon this year yeah nice. in 2019 yeah you say very soon yeah very soon like now you know if you say a date they'll kill me we, we can delete it if needed they meaning the label will kill you yeah, and no, then it may not actually happen on the day, but it's, it's coming very like quite soon like okay. like within a matter of months for sure. like, nice. surprise album it's dropping today yeah yeah oh my god could you imagine, uh-huh. could you imagine? Beyonce us all yeah but, um, I, but no one would know if it was me if I did that they'd be like what <laughs> you know what I mean like um, what can we say about the album is it sort of done is it in the can are you just finished fi- with it just finished with it um, yeah it's all done and I'm really proud and excited about it because I got to this point where I can play the, any of the songs on the album to like my friends and family and, and just be like on my phone mm. and not like looking at them going like, why, why are you not tapping your feet? Like, <laughs> or like, or oh, this part I need to fix or like we need to add this new vocal, which is really hard to get to, especially mm. for like most musicians like perfectionists and you want it to be great and you mm-hmm. work on things, record them five but times. never and, truly finished. It's never finished, right. but uh, yeah. But, um, and I'm a little bit like that, but it took me, I'm at the point now where it's done and I'm really proud of it. And I guess I've been lucky because be right came out mm-hmm. it's been like seven months um i had seven minutes which is just we kind of just released it starting to go around the rest of the world mm-hmm. um i've kind of had these songs f- since before i released waves mm-hmm. do you know what i mean so not recorded but i had them written so i've had this time to and no pressure to write a single because i'm like i've got three you know what i mean so i'm like uh, or at least they feel like really good songs i've got those i'm so i've been able to write this album from just like what feels right, mm-hmm. not like um, I don't think I'd be able to do it if they were if, if my label was like we put beer out beer right out. You've, I've got nothing, and they're like you need another song in a month. That, Go that write will something. Be on yeah. the radio, which happens yeah. a lot to artists. Yeah. So you get this like you, if you're lucky enough to have any sort of success, like where's the next song? And right. I've just been lucky to have so much time, and even when the songs are released, they've done quite well. So mm-hmm. it just gives me more time to perfect things and finish songs without that pressure. Yeah, that's so a luxury. It that's is amazing. Yeah, it's I mean, rare. I think. We've talked to a lot of pop, you know, more sort of pop artists that are like very pop, 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 pop artists. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and they'll say, oh, yeah, I've got I've got like 50 songs that I'm sitting on and they don't know. It's all about, well, would this song work? And if it does, then maybe we'll have a second single and maybe there will be an album and then we can sift through these 50 songs. Mm-hmm. And it's really different. It yeah. sounds like with you, you had, you know, just this core songs that you had yeah. written yeah. or that you had written with other people and you and you're like keep building on these are the songs yeah. or was yeah. it like no i actually had 60 songs <laughs> yeah and we've pulled it down to 12 yeah yeah well um so for me i actually did have about 60 songs um wow. but okay. but i i always knew which ones were um like there was always someone like ones that held their hand up mm-hmm. like these, these these are the ones that like you know sometimes i play them live and and for the album i wanted to make sure like i wrote half of it just myself mm-hmm. with no cards and i wanted to do half of it with co-writes but with those Get ones that publishing yeah 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 yeah. no, no, but no I'm, I'm, I'm done with that stuff like it was just more of a 
uh, you know, I started out writing songs for other people and I was like, I just wanted to prove to myself that the songs that I write uh, on my own are as good as the other ones and I feel like they are. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so yeah, I think I did have a lot of songs um, but there was, you know, I, I had this luxury of like when I put out Waves, my first song mm-hmm. that did, um, did some stuff back in Australia, I, was, I never played it live before but now I've been able to play these songs live and I've sort of been able to sift through them and also over time figuring out what my sound is and redoing certain songs and then going, well, that that might sound like a really good song, but it doesn't sound like me. Mm. Like my family, and uh, they think there's a song that that's my best song that I, it's not going on the album. And they're like, that's the best song. You should, why? And <laughs> I'm like, it just doesn't sound like me. Mm. Maybe in the future when I can redo it, write, rewrite the lyrics mm-hmm. so it does sound like me more. And or what another it, artist might who, be gifted. Maybe, yeah, yeah, exactly. Who does it sound like? Right. Um, <laughs> who do you think it sounds like? It sounds like me in 2022. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Okay. Then that's yeah, yeah. when we'll hear it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, the future, Dean. Yeah. Um, you mentioned Seven Minutes is the new single, and I know that was announced uh, probably in early January, even though Be All Right is still huge right now. Yeah. And it's still gaining on the radio. Yes. But it's, prob- it's, it's probably, I think maybe the other... Other territories are kind of getting seven minutes now, and maybe yes. we'll catch up. Yep. Why did you want that um, as the next single? Why did that one raise its hand and call out its name to you? Yeah, well, seven minutes. A bit of backstory on that is it was the f- it was the only song I've ever done where like finished it, we recorded it, and then I was like, there was another song we recorded at the same time, and mm. I was like, that other song is that's the song, mm. like that's the one. And then hurt. Then I got sent both these like demo kind of recordings and heard the song that I thought was the best one. And I was like, well, this is terrible. <laughs> and then I was like, oh, this other one. And I played it and I was like, wow, okay, this is, whoa. Like I've never had that where it's a song that I've written and just kind of forgotten about. And I didn't think much. Usually I'll, I'll know it's a good song. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, I'm going to record it 30 times or five, five, you know, four times till I get it right. Um, but seven minutes was like, I guess the thing, the thinking behind it was, I just, it feels like me, the songwriting. I'm really proud of the song it reacts really well live and I'm proud of the production mm-hmm. and uh, I can just, I'm just really proud of it. And um, my whole team, we all really like it. It was just this time where I was like, well, we, we gave Be Right a long time to do its thing. I think yeah. most, a lot of artists these days, they just release another song, mm-hmm. even when mm-hmm. the other one's kind of working. And I'm like, we've been really, really focused on sort of being a bit old school in the sense that we're like, let's let the song do its thing and then put out the next one that mm-hmm. we're really proud of and let it do its thing. Um, and that's what we're sort of doing and in America because it's so different it's, it's just starting to grow be right still growing different in, or, or are we just late super well, you know <laughs> what you know, weird, late. weirdly, weirdly um, radio is super slow yeah. you know I mean? radio yeah. is terrifyingly Ter- slow terrifyingly slow yeah so slow I didn't realize and everyone said that to me but I didn't realize just how like because it's now sort of it's done in Australia it's sort of in, in Europe it's sort of uh, in all the territories it's sort of on the way out it's basically just peaking now it's just peaking now mm-hmm. and France is peaking in France oh, weirdly okay. oh great so it's like yeah well, but France is slow French. yeah 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 yeah. <laughs> but um, but yeah so we were like we need it's it's about, t- about time to put something out um, for the rest of the world but it's it's all this strategy and stuff like that they, they, they think about all this stuff but I know a little bit about it but um, that's I think the thinking behind it it's well and no one can actually predict it yeah. either yeah, I mean yeah. yeah I'm sure the the run of, of Be Alright is like nobody could have predicted exactly no, totally. how it was gonna go we didn't know it'd be this long though. we right. didn't think it'd go like this is this is insane yeah, yeah. I mean it's sort of a it's, it's, it's a terrible terrible thing to have such a huge hit oh yeah it's, oh, <laughs> um, I yeah. how do I live with myself oh, <laughs> oh it's so terrible <laughs> um, okay so we're actually speaking to you on the 
first day, I believe, of your first North American headlining tour. So yes. says the press releases. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> um, it started on February 12th, which is actually the day that we're speaking to you on. Yeah. Um, at the El Rey Theater in Los Angeles. Across the street Across from Billboard. Across the street yeah, yeah. from Billboard. <laughs> right. um, how are you feeling about the road ahead of you for like the next month or so while you're on the road? Yeah, well, I mean, we had this thing at the end of last year where I sort of like, you know, I don't regret doing this because it opened a lot of doors. But we did the, and it's like whenever you're starting up anything, a business or like, it's how I can relate to other people and say like, you've got to do the promo. You've got to go into, you've got to play the show. Like I was opening for this incredible artist called Noah Khan. Mm-hmm. I was opening for him and then we do the radio promo and we like, every day we had stuff on and it was like six months without a day off. And I know how lucky I am and that there are much harder jobs, but we just kind of, with this, with this next run, like at the end of last year, I was just like, we didn't feel like myself because we'd just done mm-hmm. so much and so I think this year we're just like you know um, just making sure if we do three shows in a row have a day off mm-hmm. um, you know we, I've got a really cool crew with me like my band and stuff like that and my brother's with me um, so yeah, it's good for perspective and we're trying to like stay healthy like none of us really drink we all kind of like um, like we have like maybe a, you're drinking water right now and yeah <laughs> unfo- yeah, yeah we're, we get really messed up on water like we're really <laughs> Which is, but you know our writers are like we're, this is it's really wanky but like we we were like okay this time because we just toured Australia we're like we're gonna get like raw veggies we're gonna like get like um the smoothies yeah. like on the riders do you know what I mean so we mm-hmm. can like try to we're gonna go for runs and uh, trying to stay healthy oh man yeah smart well I don't know if this I, I haven't heard anyone that does the rock star thing like I always he- grew up hearing that like crazy things happen and I'm, now I'm like how can you maintain your voice <laughs> like how if you're drinking every night right. I, don't know how I mean do it. if you're Robert Plant in the 70s maybe you could yeah but he was, a, he was he like a super he must be like a superhuman or yeah something well him, like, Keith Richards is definitely a superhuman oh, totally yeah, does, mean, Mick, does Mick Jagger drink does he um, play are they like good question they're into yoga now? and stuff now no, I can I imagine I just, maybe not I think at but. some point when I mean at some point I'm sure Mick was just like Whatever I'm doing, I have to stop. If I'm <laughs> yeah. going to keep this Rolling Stones machine moving at like 72 or however old he is. Yeah, yeah I well, think he hits the gym pretty hard and all that oh, stuff. Yeah. You'd have to. Well, how else can you strut around like a chicken on stage? <laughs> yeah, every yeah. Night? And he looks good. He looks great. He looks great. I'm like, dude, this, energy. This turn into the Stones podcast. Well, I'm yeah. sorry. <laughs> no, it sounds like you have a good plan for like the longevity of the of the tour. Yeah, that we, we, that's the, that was the thing, actually. It's like trying to think of it as like a marathon, not like a sprint. Mm-hmm. Like a, but I but I also, you know, that you have to do those. And even now it's hard. You know, we want to do all the hard work. We want to we wanted like, you know, I want to do all the promo and kind of, you know, make sure I'm doing all that stuff to give the song the best chance. But it's just giving yourself like having a day off to just go for a walk. Or get breakfast on your own. Yeah. Like how that's that's how I enjoy and get feel out of the centered. bus. Yes. Get out of the bus. Get away from the guys just for a little bit. <laughs> sure. And, and not have anything on for a day or something. It's, I think that's that's gonna how we're gonna manage it. And then after the US tour, I mean, and I'm, so I was gonna say we are gonna wrap up in just a little bit. <laughs> yeah. um, after the US tour, you're going to Europe. I believe, yeah. For a string of dates. How like how do you know how how long you're on the road for is there an end at this point or is it just <laughs> like nope we're on the road forever? Yeah. Well, my manager was saying he ran me through it. It's like literally like a like almost like a year i think we're going to be going non-stop wow. wow which is incredible like um and the shows in europe like the the fact that we're doing two l rays in la is insane because mm. i supported sigrid there last year but like we we're doing like for me they're big like 1500 cap in like amsterdam it's like i don't know anyone in amsterdam like how we and we sold that out in like 48 hours and i'm 1500 like, people know you yeah they do <laughs> they do and so it's like it's it's getting insane and you know it's yeah, so we're going to be on the road for a year and um, I'm really excited to see where it ends up because I've only put out like two songs from the album and an EP. So I'm like, no one really knows like what we have, what I've got in store and mm-hmm. um, and what's going to 
what, what's going to happen? I don't know what's going to happen. Mm. I mean, it might all just completely end. And like I put the album out and, <laughs> and it's like, you guys like, this is the worst thing I've ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> I already bought the ticket. Yeah, I'm yeah, trapped. Yeah, yeah. You can't, yeah, if you buy the bundle, you got to come. Yeah, that's the thing. You've got to come to the works. show. It's good to be optimistic. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, man. Well, uh, thank you so much for your time today. Good luck with the tour. And hopefully we'll be able to catch up with you after the, the album comes out. And we can talk about all that music that uh, everyone's yet to hear. Well, thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Oh, thank, thank you. you. I Thank you, Dean, for making the time to come by. Super enjoyed chatting, um, and good luck on the road the rest of this year. He was so lovely, and just a note to all artists who are playing the El Rey, pop on in. Yeah. <laughs> and now it's time for the Chart Stat of the Week. Tumble out of bed and I stumble to the kitchen Pour myself a cup of ambition And yawn and stretch and try to come to life This week in 1981, the Oscar-nominated 9 to 5 by Dolly Parton hit number one on the Billboard Hot 100 chart. The song rose from number two to number one on the list dated February 21st, 1981 and spent two non-consecutive weeks on the list, which was pretty unusual back in the day. It was Parton's first of so far two number ones. She later led the list with Islands in the Stream with Kenny Rogers. 9 to 5 from the movie of the same name, co-starring Parton and Lily Tomlin and Jane Fonda, was the first of two Oscar nominations for Parton. She was later nominated for Best Original Song for Traveling Through from Transamerica. Now, 9 to 5 didn't win the Oscar, but Katie, can you guess which of these songs did win that year? Against All All Odds by Phil Collins. Nope. Here are the other four nominees. Fame from Fame. Irene Cara. Uh, People Alone from The Competition. Not familiar. Do you know who the artist is on that? Nope. Okay. On the Road Again from Honeysuckle Rose. As in like Willie Nelson? Uh Uh-huh. Oh, wow. And Out Here on My Own from Fame. Also from Fame. Mm -hmm. Okay, all right. So which of those four won that year? I'm going straight for Fame from Fame. You are correct. Yes. You're going to live forever. We are going to live forever. We're going to learn how to fly. Hi! (laughs) So there you have it. This week in 1981, Dolly Parton's Oscar-nominated 9 to 5 hit number one on the Hot 100. Working 9 to 5, what a Okay, we are at the end of our big shoe. Like Dolly wrote that song. Like how many? She's written so many amazing songs, but like she's just incredible. You saw, you all saw her on the Grammys and all the great songs she's, you know, done. It's just nuts. She's legendary. Legend. So, um, well, what song should we go out on? Jolene. Against all odds. Jolene. Jack. Jolene. 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 Uh, <laughs> Jolene. We'll see you guys next time. Bye. Jolene. 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 